the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. So we are going to move ahead with the Dunkirk. By the way, this this made Dunkirk look organized, this, this nonsense. But I expect this of Democrats. They cannot do anything right except corruption. That they have completely locked up. That is a formula of which they love, and they will continue until the collapse of our nation. And that's the broader point of what I want to talk about. Before we go into the specificity of exactly the magnitude of this failure by foreign policy. There's another problem here. They're calling Congress. Congress is passing one of the most massive spending bills and crippling bill. Early on, when we were arguing about what kind of America it would be if people were dumb enough to elect this political whore, this walking punchline, in diapers, this man clearly unfit to serve in office. We decided that it would be the feudalnomics of any administration this country has ever seen. Because what Joe Biden represents is a picture of corruption, a picture of failure, a picture of incompetence. And all of those things will be implemented in everything he touches. So while this is going on, and we are to a certain extent, rightfully so, occupied with our attention to the foreign policy failures and foibles of this moron and his administration. There is a so-called infrastructure bill along with something that we allow them to, to, to tag along to it called a reconciliation bill. The lies of the costs are what you'd expect from Democrats. Times it by two, add five, and you're probably close. That's exactly what happens when a Democrat touches anything when it, in regards to money. That's all they know how to do. And we will use just the Jane Byrne exit ramp that has been going on for a little longer than it took to build the expressway under the English Channel or the railroad track and uh, at, a, at a little bit more of a cost. So that's what's in store for the actual spending. 2,700 pages of who knows what. The, the lobbyists and the donors to the Democrat Party will fill in the blanks and the step and fetch Democrats will vote for anything because this is about imploding society. That's the broader point. They're connected. The foreign policy failure, the health care failure, the social uh, uh, safety net failure. It's all intended. None of this is by accident. I am so sick and tired of people blaming this on happenstance. It happens every time we see Democrats use their failure as their strength. So make no mistake about it. What's happening in the Middle East was intended to happen because they fully understand the way in which they will profit through reconquering this 
debacle rather than having an exit strategy, something, a plan where we could have avoided all of this, and it could have been done. I'm not suggesting that it was going to be done without major, major work, but this is, a, this is an absolute atrocity and a joke, just like this bill. Because what's in this bill is something that nobody wants you to focus on. Massive, massive tax increases. This is a dream to the government. There is a reason they are hiring thousands upon thousands. Last count was 80,000 IRS agents in this bill that you're paying for. And the reason is they are coming after everyone's money in a system of futility. It's very simple plan. We are going to coerce and disincentivize people from not being slaves to the system. This is why when you look at statistics in Illinois, a welfare family has a 4,000 difference from the median income of a working family. They want you to say, what's the point? And to a certain extent, it makes sense. You mean for $70 a week more and a median family can just simply go on welfare and not bother themselves with the idea of being free citizens. The idea of being productive. Turn yourself over. That's why they're spending bills. Want your kids to go to school when they're three years old to turn them over to the government mills. They want two years of college because they understand. Those are their loyal base. Those are the people that will vote for more tyranny over that smaller and smaller group of people that make the world go around. The capitalists. So this is why I say, prepare for the future of Venezuela. Prepare, because we know what this is. This is the same economic policies, the same plans, the same spiel of utopia that has destroyed countries since the time of man. This is it right here, where only the government and only the tribal leaders and only the royal family is in control of everything. Because in this bill, the increases are almost staggering. And too much to even digest. Increase in corporate tax rate from 21 to 28% by passing along to working families. Combination state and federal taxes of 32% for corporations. 32% to own a corporation. And what Democrats don't understand is they don't pay those taxes. You do. They pass it through to you or they do something else. They close. They simply go away. And that's why you have deserts, food deserts and ghettos. There's many, many reasons, but mainly economic. Because when, there's an, there's, when it's futile to earn, guess what? You might as well not. And you're discussing this now. You're implementing this, this socialist bomb at a time in this country's history when rich people could sit down. Rich people can sit down and not produce. That's what's never factored in. The companies that will stay open and will pay this tax burden, not only will they pass it on to you, you will underwrite them. That is already the way this system works. Unfortunately, the system has been bastardized to where the big corporations are already underwritten by the people and they don't know it. When you see an Amazon open up, they're not picking that spot because they think it's strategic. They're picking it because the areas they're going are paying them. They're having tax abatement areas. We call them TIF in Chicago. That's all over the country. And in some cases, they actually pay them to hire a workforce without you focusing on the fact they're already 60% automated. This is the destruction of society the whole time telling you it's helping society. And why would that happen? Why would they do that? Because what they understand is once they've disincentivized capitalism, it goes away. 
And if it's one thing you cannot deny anymore, when looking at the Biden administration in total, they don't care about your definition of success. They're not interested in American principles and ideals. It's obvious. They corrupt their own stated principles and destroy the opportunity for people to continue to practice the old-fashioned Americanism we love. Because under this system, when this bill passes, and it will, because the dirty little secret is they don't need one Republican vote, you will have a second inheritance tax that will be based not on what the inflational-adjusted money is, but on what your parents paid for it. They're going to tax you the whole way. You'll have an inheritance base. You'll have a long-term capital gain tax of over 40%. The most socialist nation in Europe, the one that created this idea of redistribution of wealth, Great Britain, has a 20%. Joe Biden's plan is 40%. Now, I'm sorry. I know you're not supposed to talk about numbers. People get lost in the weeds. But the reality is what's in this bill that no one is talking about isn't the spending. It's the tax increases that nobody wants to talk about. And it's the reason we talk about it. Because it isn't about making the infrastructure of your neighborhood and roads and bridges. That is bull dung that sells for the last 50 years. And they know when they say it to you, you're going to think of the good old days when FDR was there and your uncle didn't need a job and he or didn't have a job and he needed one and he's shoveling and everybody's going to work. That's not this. Every corrupt municipality has the same system of Chicago. There's three. Three of these companies that give 30% of the money they overcharge to the people back to the corrupt politicians. And before you know it, the whole damn country is Illinois. And that's exactly where this is going. An increase in top uh, income tax rate from 39.6 to 42. Oh, that'll, that'll be good. When you combine corporate tax for the people who own those corporations, state, local, and federal taxes, It'll be close to the 78.3% in 1980. This isn't building back better. This is destroying. This is usurping. This is condemning the future to the Biden failure. This one presidency will create a ripple effect of loss that will last 50 years minimum. And that's if from now on you get presidents that want to go back to capitalism and Americanism. You cannot unwind this kind of failure, because the other dirty little secret is we've already printed up $4 trillion of failure in the last six months. By the time this bill passes, you'll be over $10 trillion in funny money. So now the question is, as you know from yesterday, Saudi Arabia meets with Russia, Russia with Iran, Russia with China. How much longer until the dollar isn't even worth anything anymore? Why would these countries use it? See, because as we're destroying ourselves, they're building strength. They are not making these mistakes. You're talking about the $83 billion we abandoned in equipment. Does that include the $800 million embassy they just finished? $800 million. They just walk away from things. This is not an administration that is rational. This is not an administration that has an understanding of what it's doing. But that's what the administration you want me to believe the people of America wanted. Well, now you're going to get what you want. So now what do we do? We prepare. That's what we do. We strategize and we come together. Because in the end, there's nobody that's going to save you. 
There is no overturn of an election. They're not going to reinstate Trump. There is no Tea Party, although the Tea Party did real good in the first place, didn't it? Adam Kinzinger, I point to that scumbag. That's a result of the Tea Party. So it's going to have to be new. It's going to have to be different. And it's going to be have to be based in us understanding how we can stop this. So we'll discuss that and more. We'll take your phone calls when I get back. 312-642-5600. New taxes on American energy, including a tax on manufacturers based on their methane production and a carbon border tax. Hmm. Who knew that was in there? Is there any question they pass this on you? See, here's how it works, dummies. And I mean dummies just in case we have some Democrats or independents or never Trumpers or pedophile Lincoln Republicans, you know, the ones that voted for Biden. Nobody pays these taxes but the consumer. That's how it works. There isn't just somebody who says, you know... I've decided that I'll just eat the tax. I'm just going to eat it. So this drives up and inflates the cost of everything. That's just simply how it works. Now, I was wrong, by the way, when I said tens of thousands and I believe 80,000. It's 87,000 new IRS agents at a cost of $80 billion in the bill. When you factor in the cost of their health care and family plans, that number will balloon to who knows what, because after all, they did such a good job with Obamacare, that only brought the prices up 400%. <laughs> new IRS will also be a boon to unions. Oh, the new IRS agents will be in the union. Hmm. Did you know that when the new IRS agents work overtime, that's a union increase of time and a half, if not double time, depending on how the IRS agents decide to bill you for their new work? In fact, in 2019, just in overtime, 353,820,000 hours was billed to the taxpayers to fund IRS overtime. Hmm. That's in the bill. Think they read that? Hundreds of billions in funding for free, pre-K and community college. Free! I love when the government uses the word free. That tells you that the people in the government are idiots, are liars, are scoundrels and scumbags to a magnitude that you can't even measure. And we didn't even talk about the recent failures. This is just what they're jamming down your throat. Or if you're a taxpayer, up another orifice, and you ain't got nothing to say about it. How do you get your country back with this kind of stupidity running things? Craig in Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. I got a real serious question for you. These rotten people that basically they constantly are filling their pockets with all of our money and everything, they're greedy, rotten, figure all these schemes to steal. But when they do all the stuff that really hurts, like with like leaving your kids an inheritance and all stuff, doesn't this affect them too? Aren't they shooting no. themselves in the No, pool? because they have S Corps, don't you? I mean, here's how you here's how you here's how you look at it, Craig. From now on. When you want to figure out how to avoid some of the taxes, you look at how the politicians themselves organize their companies, their campaign coffers, and how they pass along money to their crack-smoking, drug addict, scumbag kids. That's how you structure yourself. See, because what you do then is you just put your assets into like a Joe Biden S-Corp. You know, the one that avoided the Medicare tax for Obamacare, the one where he circumvented $10 million from... And, and sheltered it from taxation. And then you put your, your scumbag son on that S-Corp. So when you die, the corporation lives. 
The only people who pay this will be people whose grandparents and family members have worked in family businesses, in family farms, in family organizations that do things the right and honest way. See, the way taxes work is that only the honest people pay it. The Pritzkers of the world, and you could look this up in the Panama Papers, thank goodness for his low-life uh, mafia accountant grandfather, Abe. He was able to circumvent a lot of these taxes. So this doesn't affect the oligarchs in America or the Democrats or the corrupt Republicans. This only affects the Craigs and the working people or like the, the numerous grandfathers out there. Thank you for the call who built businesses and tried to hand it down or the bricklayers or the carpenters, the actual capitalists. That's who this affects. Because believe me, if you think you're going to tax Facebook, if you think you're going to tax Amazon, if you think you're going to tax Google and you're not paying attention, boys and girls, Number one, you can argue eight ways to Tuesday how there should be zero corporate taxes, and I believe that. See, those corporations create something that governments can never create. Real jobs. Not the phony ones. Not the ones that you have to print up money every six months to pretend you have. That's called a Keynesian soiree of Democrat stupidity or Bidenomics. I'm talking about the way that this country is the youngest and the richest. The way in which people from all over the world were able to come here and have decent, decent lives and build legacy money so their butter-handed, trust-fund, useful morons could vote their freedoms and capitalism away. I'm talking about real capitalism. There isn't a politician in office, especially in the White House, that has one iota of understanding. So Joe Biden isn't doing this because he wants to make things stronger He's doing this because he wants to make them weaker and the government stronger. Because that's what this this banana republic passed. This is a joke. First of all, why is it even why is it even legal to pass a multi thousand page omnibus bill that they did not read? They're filling in the blanks by the day. I got this from Grover Norquist's organization. They're the only ones watching it. They're the only ones that are interested in this. People who understand when you tax a society, you destroy it. You condemn it to feudalism. This is the same kind of policy. By the way, this is shocking our foreign allies. We are doubling the socialist countries that Bernie Sanders touts. We're doubling the taxation on their citizens. We are doubling it. And their corporations that exist only exist kind of like the ones I said that will never pay taxes with the cooperation and collusion of the government. That's why you do this. So that there will be no big companies ever again that are not part of the American government. Kind of like the market. I had a discussion, interesting discussion with a friend of mine, an old trader. And they're talking about the market. And fundamentally, guys went broke over the last 12 years. Because if you're a fundamental economics guy, there isn't a damn reason in the world for this market to be where it is. There isn't a damn reason for any of the markets to be where they are. But that's because we're fundamentalists. We're thinking of things the way capitalism works. The new American capitalism isn't capitalism. It's underwritten by all of the people still foolish enough or still desperate enough to have to work. The taxes they take out of their money is just a hedge. They figured out how to borrow money from the future and monetize that debt. That concept is relatively new. That is something that your grandparents would have never allowed to happen. Because what they understood is, that means you have to take it away. Now, how do you take it away? The government doesn't have money. It creates debt 
and it extorts people who make money. And now with these bills and with these politicians that the American people have put into office, whether they think they're going to win through having free college and free things and free stuff and entitlements for their kids, or whether they're so covetous they never liked the system where people they thought were not good enough to have wealth will now have it stripped away, no matter how they came to that conclusion. What they've done is destroy the future of the American economy. And now it is now normal for people to argue about the the insanity of government politicians printing up $10 trillion in seven months, and it's normal? And now I'm going to see on the, on, on, on the boob tube everywhere how the economy's raging, 4 million jobs, because they don't want you to focus on the destruction they caused. And that's how you give away the American superiority all the Democrats are ashamed of. Congratulations, you're not a superpower anymore. And that's what the Biden administration stands for. 312-642-5600. I understand that when you talk about this stuff, it would have been much more uh, of an easy path to play the clips of the obvious failure and to hear the destruction that Joe Biden created along with the Democrats in Afghanistan and to hear the children separated from their parents. What happened while we were paying attention to that is equally as destructive to our futures. Now, here's the problem. We've got a bunch of politicians that have never worked. See, there's no recession in Washington, D.C. Joe Biden has never been through a recession ever, even though the country may have had one in the 70s. Joe Biden was elected in 70s. He's been a government whore his entire life. So he doesn't have an understanding of what it's like to have to choose between paying your bills or feeding your family. Real people do. I do. And I think about that. I do. That's because I'm old. Vast majority of these kids in, in society are spoiled brats with no concept of what poverty or the absence of opportunity really looks like because they're Americans. They have no understanding. You're born to a country that is the world currency. You have no idea what it's like to be in a country that has to bend knee to a stronger one. We're about to learn. Because if you're not keeping score, we're not the strongest country. And I don't give a rip how much propaganda you see on CNN. That's why Vladimir's comment in Lawndale is exactly right. Hi, Vladimir. How are you? Hey, Sean. How are you doing today? Well, every time my country gets destroyed, I'm a little more irritated. But I think it could be in correlation to my bald spot. I can't decide. But something's irritating the hell out of me. Go ahead. Well, see, I came from uh, communism. My parents, they escaped the uh, Soviet Union. It's crazy, like, how it, some of the policies are going on today. But, like, literally, I was just reading a uh, Yahoo uh, Finance article. This hedge fund guy was saying hey, the U.S. dollars no longer could be the standard. It's going to be like the British pound back in, what was it, the 70s when they, they used to be the standard? That's exactly and right. And once, once America, America loses that, think about it. Everything is traded in U.S. dollars because we're the most stable. If they're looking at our policies right now saying, whoa, this place, they're printing $10 trillion in, in currency. Why would, it be the world, currency. why would it be the world currency? You're 100% right, Vladimir. And um, what was the, the thing that questioned British standing in the world was their failures in foreign policy? Exactly. And then that's the thing. It's like I fought in Afghanistan. I saw back in 2009 part of the surge. We were saying, like, why are we nation-building in this country? 
we we should be going there freaking killing the Taliban and getting it over with. But instead, we're sitting there building roads. And the crazy thing is we were giving these guys, farmers, ammonium nitrate to, for their farms so they wouldn't grow opium. And then they're blowing us up with them in, in return as well. So it's like it's failed foreign policy. And that's that's exactly going to be the demise of the U.S. dollar. Vladimir, I'm so glad you made it back, and I am uh, worried you're going to have to go back again because that's going to be where this leads. But here's the other thing I wanted to ask you, as long as I have you on the line. I know it's not what you called about. When you went there the first time, what kind of weapons did the Taliban have? Oh, they had the the Soviet-style junk. But the crazy, they were shooting us with 107 Chinese rockets. They were using IEDs, you know, like pressure plates. But the ammonium nitrate, I mean, we supplied that to them. And But it's crazy. Like, I looked at that. I and they built that, roadside you know, bombs with that. Exactly. And I, I look at that picture. I'm like, these guys have PVS-31s. Those are better than what I have right now in the military as because I'm still in the reserves. And so we're, we're, I'm in the infantry, and I'm seeing these guys have better equipment than I have. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like $60 billion of equipment that these guys are going to use against us. 83. Now, on top of that, these guys are... Yeah, these guys have been fighting since they were children. You know, I, it was crazy, Sean. Uh, there was this quote that the, these guys said in Afghanistan is that Americans have the clocks, but that Afghan, the Taliban has the time. They don't They don't look at things linearly. They look at generational fighting. You know who else does that? Oh, yeah, I mean, China. Who's that? China. Oh, Ch- yeah, absolutely. So read yeah, Sun Tzu, The Art of War. I mean, the, you know, here's the problem. You, guys like you, your soldiers, you're what wins things. Who loses it are the fat slobs that are getting paid off by Lockheed Martin. And I, 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 I tell you what, it's, it, I'm sick. I'm going to be thinking about you for the next ten years because I'm worried that you're still in. You're going to have to go back because I don't want to. I don't. I, I'll tell you what. I don't think that whole damn country is good enough for you to have your boots on it. But I understand how important it is for you to do that. And it's a real quandary because this could have been handled so differently. We could have kept that air base, which was a fortress. We could have kept it, our presence there, which would have been intimidating enough so that ISIS and ISIS-K and whatever the hell they're naming themselves in their in their costumes, whatever it is, would be too afraid. Now what's going to have to happen is we're going to have to, you know what's going to have to happen. We're going to have to go back in. We're going to have to convince people we're strong. Otherwise, your original comment is, what's gonna, is, is what is the future holds. We will not be a superpower. We will not have the world currency. And why would we when we not only haven't we earned it, We've decided to destroy our own currency. Correct. No, I agree, Sean. And that's the thing is like that's that's the trajectory that we're heading at. When we we think that America needs to be apologetic for literally like we are we are the most generous country, and then yet we're we're doing all this stuff over and over again. We're not worrying about like the people inside of our country. It's just it, it's just irritating, especially like in Afghanistan. Uh, it, it should have just been in and out. But except they wanted to build roads and they wanted to shake hands with freaking these guys like like in Vietnam. They're your friend one second, and then whoever had the money will freaking turn your back on you. Vladimir. And then they'll, they'll, they'll kill you. Stay safe, brother. I mean it. I'm going to be thinking about you for years to come. Stay safe. Get out of there. Do what you got to do. Thanks, right. Thank Sean. All right, brother. Appreciate it. Oh, boy. That's, that's the part that gets me. <clears throat> all of the guys that went there. All of the things we already accomplished. And this moron just gave it away. Just gave it away. Now you're asking the terrorists that were shooting at this kid, that were shooting at his friends, that were blowing up American soldiers. You're asking them 
is it okay if we um, we stay until like Thursday? We get everybody out. Is it okay? Could you could you um could you let our people through? Could you do that for me, please? And by the way, could you stop separating the kids? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Sorry, I hit the board. I set off the sun. Are you kidding me? This is not just a bad foreign policy. This is the crippling and the disrespect of what our military, what these boys fought for. You just disrespected all of them. And now you're going to have to go to them again because these fat slobs that screwed this up, they don't do the fighting. You're going to have to go to these guys again. And you're going to have to ask them to go back in these hell holes. All could have been avoided. But the pansies, the socialists, the subversives voted for this political whore who doesn't know what day it is. This feeble fascist lowlife. And now we're in this predicament. Now how the hell you get out of it? 312-642-5600. I'll be back. Kid, huh? Growing into your own with the music. Keith must be helping you. Um, I don't think I played a clip except when I hit the board and one played. But I'm sorry. It's, this, this is the conversation that we must have with our friends and our family. This is intentional failure. This is an insult to American principles. And it points to everything this fraud of a man touches. Every aspect of it. Foreign policy, economic Domestic, isn't it going to be great? You're going to be able to drop your baby off when they're two. And then you don't have to pick them up till like two years of college. And don't worry, they got everything. It's all going to be splendid. Don in Bloomingdale, are you loving feudalnomics? Oh, Sean, it's unbelievable. But I think you're mistaken about this, this spending bill. Because uh, I, I, mean, I know I heard Mitt Romney say it was a good deal. It's a big win. So I, I, yeah, it's a big win, yeah, he said. Big win. Yeah, But you know what, Sean? You know what my biggest fear is? When we go Venezuela, who's going to send us care packages? Where are they going to come from? Afghanistan. I was actually, you know, I, I had a friend of mine come in, and my, and my buddy's an old-time capitalist, and we get in arguments all the time, right, because he preaches that, that, that arrogant American arrogance. Oh, you know, you, you should really look into buying gold and silver, and, you know, I got my yeah, puts okay. on. Listen to me. At the end, you want to know what people should be buying, in my opinion? Three months of food supply. Because this is the kind of stuff, when you've got these idiots that are printing up this kind of money and trying to redistribute it and burying the tax increases and the fact that they're hiring Gestapo to come and collect, and now you've got the companies that are so interwoven with government, not only aren't they going to pay any taxes, they are prevented from ever competing against anybody in the future. That is literally... The Weimar Republic 2.0. This is what it lo- would have looked like if they would have just had a little more cooperation with business. I mean, it, it, this is how you, you, you take the country and uh, you destroy the idea of a separate from people from government. I mean, it's, it's truly the dream that the Third Reich had. And that's why I say it all the time. Thanks, Don, for the call. Good luck in that. that what's that show on Netflix where if the Nazis and the, and the Japanese would have won high high man in the high tower or something, yeah, that's why I can't high castle man in the high castle. I can't watch it. Do you know I can't? I want to watch it. Everybody says it's great. They got the Hugo Boss uniforms on. They're all prancing around. I couldn't wrap my head around the idea. You know they could have won. If it wasn't for us, they would have won. Here we are right now doing it to ourselves. 
We don't have the Hugo Boss costumes. It's, it's just disgraceful and disgusting. All right, who do we want to go to? I'll tell you what. I'm going to take a controversy. Where's the guy? Okay, good. I'm glad he's not here. All right, Canton Aurora. Yeah, uh, just a little bit of uh, levity maybe, but I think we have a way we can bend uh, Governor Pritzker's ears. Is remind him how delicate the uh, supply chain is, and that there's a chance that he could lose Funyuns, Funyuns, yeah. Twinkies. Hey Kent, and then we hold the best for last. Do, do you think Hot that necklace? You think, do you think that necklace punchline got that way on Hohos? You think that guy, he's got servants that have been preparing his snacks, brother? He got that way on very rich food, very rich lobster caviar. He's got three. Probably uh, 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 new immigrants cooking his food around the clock, and they are busier than most 24-hour grills on Madison Avenue. Thank you very much, Kent, for the call. I appreciate it. All right, let's go real quick. Charlie in East ND, who was the criminal released? I'm talking about that uh, low life in Dixon where she only served six years out of 19, and nobody's talking about what was the reason for her being released at six years. Tell me. Versus the 19 years out of $53 million that she stole. All from Dixon, Illinois. 53. More. Yeah. So wait a minute. If she sold $53 million and she got six years? Correct. You know, when you do the math, that's a justifiable scam. And you know what? When you figure out she got out in six years, you know she was a politician. Nobody's, nobody's, won, nobody's got any answers on why she was released early. Politicians take care of their own, Charlie. And pickpockets don't cut their hands off. I'm sorry you had to go through it, brother. But uh, here's the good well, news. You talk about walking scum. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And she stole with a clean conscience. And now she's out, and she gets to revisit some of the money that she hid. But I'm sure she that... Took a, she took a shovel. When she left jail, she took a shovel and went looking for it in the forest. <laughs> Charlie, I'll tell you what. The good news is at least we're honest men, and we die with a clean conscience. That's the real wealth. I love you for saying that. Thank you, brother. You take care of yourself. It's the fastest show on radio. All right, we'll be back. I've got guests, and we'll take the rest of your calls after these messages. streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Years ago, watching Yuri Bezmenov in the 70s, I remember him talking about psychological warfare and how the Marxists and the communists in the Soviet Union have been working to undermine the American philosophy, because after all, this country is really based on principles. Of course, it's sea to shiny sea, and it's a country, there's no question about it, but it's built on the ideal of individuality, of the enlightenment, 
Aristotle of the notion that men are to be free, that liberty is to be taken individually in unalienable rights. It's only a few years that um, the American version of Marxism has destroyed the continuity of those beliefs that every man is created equal and that this country is about protecting those individual rights. 1619 projected tremendous amount of damage. That's why when I had the opportunity to bring on Peter W. Wood, president of the National Association of Scholars, former professor of anthropology, and the author of the 16, of 1620, a critical response to the 1619 project, I jumped on it, at it, and I'm honored to have him on. Professor Wood, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Are you there? Peter? I thought I... All right. Well, I'm yeah. here. Oh, thank you so Bye. much. Thank you, Professor, for joining me. And um, thank you for the book. And I have to admit, I just started to open it up, and I already really like what I'm seeing. Uh, I thought it would just say 1619 Project was a lie, but then that wouldn't have sold a lot of copies. Can you tell me a little bit more of specifically how we got here? And am I right? Is this, in fact an attempt to undermine the pride of American principles and an understanding of what Americanism really is. Yes, you are right about that. The, the 1619 Project sets out to say that everything that we thought we knew about the American past is a misconception. We didn't really start with the revolution in 1776 or with the creation of the Constitution. We started by the lights of Nicole Hannah Jones, the author of the main part of this report, in the year 1619, when a um, pirate ship more or less accidentally brought 20-some slaves to uh, Jamestown, Virginia. And the Virginians at that point did not recognize slavery. They didn't have slaves. They accepted these captives as indentured servants. They made them serve a few years, and then they set them free. And they were genuinely set free. They had legal rights. They owned property. Some of them became quite prosperous. But um, the idea that uh, slavery began in the New World in 1619 is just wrong. And the reason that it was pushed out there by Nicole Hannah-Jones and her collaborators was to create this moment of um, distaste for hostility towards what the country really stood for. The country stood, as we really know, for, for liberty, for justice for all. The revolution was fought in order to advance that against the impositions of the British crown. Uh, but according to Nicole Hannah-Jones, that was all just a smokescreen, that the uh, the real reason that this country was created was in order to oppress people, and everything else was just put up in order to uh, create a, a barrier of misconception that would protect slavery. So by her account, the American Revolution was fought in order to perpetuate slavery. Well, you could have fooled Thomas Jefferson and the other patriots who really thought they were fighting for freedom from the crown, but... Um, that's what's being put forward in this project. And I think the, the key to the whole thing is that it's not just a declaration by some journalists working for the New York Times. It's put forward as a curriculum to be taught in the nation's schools. 
And that's where we are right now. This thing has been rolled out nationwide. Many, many schools across the country have accepted it. The Pulitzer Center took on the responsibility for promoting it. They've signed up tens of thousands of teachers and many hundreds of school districts that have said that this is how they want to teach American history from this point on. Um, And it's become merged with other movements of like mind. So Black Lives Matter, critical race theory, the uh, diversity, equity, inclusion stuff, what's now called the new abolitionism, is all part of this same larger project to demoralize American students and make them feel that race is the most important thing about them. It uh, creates a sense of inveterate hostility between black students and white students, white students being uh, carriers of this inherited guilt for the terrible things they've done in the past, and black students being inheritors of uh, eternal victimization and the rights of compensation that come with that. Isn't this, so that's what this is all about. Isn't this the trick of the collectivist? the trick of the totalitarian, right, is that to deliver this phony utopian lie on victimization, we've seen it destroy nations throughout history. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have two kids that are now, my youngest is going to college. I'm taking her actually this Friday. And um, I made certain that myself and my wife sacrificed and worked very hard because we wanted to give them a certain education level that I knew they were not going to get in the government school institutions. However, I was also disappointed in the private school institutions. For instance, when we would talk about the Enlightenment and it's stemming from the concept of philosophy that goes back to Aristotle, if not prior to that. Unfortunately, I just didn't write much before that. And you realize that this nation is the only nation to have not just a constitution, but a declaration of independence, which really encompasses that European Enlightenment, that philosophy, that John Locke philosophy of that's freed France and the idea of the individual liberty and all of the the rights that we are supposed to understand this country was founded on and the ideals in it. And if you look at those founding documents, in fact, it rejects the concept of slavery. And slavery was something that was a European import. And ironically, that slavery exists to this day in both Africa and the Middle East. Is it that so many public school kids are just ignorant to the fact that they're willing to believe the lies of the 1619 Project? Or is there a concerted effort to keep them away from that fact? Well, of course, young children take their teachers as authorities outside the home. The teacher is the most commanding authority in the lives of most young children. And when teachers assert that something is so at a young age, they have no basis at all to think that the teacher is either lying or misinformed. Um, So by the time children are well along in school, past the primary grades, uh, a foundation has already been made to look upon America as a bad place that has its roots in oppression of people by color. Uh, Some students will, of course, work their way out of it, but only a small fraction of students really become thoughtfully skeptical and capable of seeking out documentary sources and finding a different story. If they're being raised by parents who are being careful about this, yes, something can be done to counteract what government schools and private schools are teaching on these matters. But a significant kind of damage takes place both in what's being taught and what's not being taught. So 
if you are raised with a, uh, a belief that America really has nothing but to regret about its past, it's going to be very difficult to find your way to a feeling of pride in what our uh, founders achieved in creating this exceptional nation that we became. Um, so it but, is a, a really dark situation to work our way out of. And you are actually a professor, or a former professor of anthropology. You, you, your occupation was to study various societies and cultures around the world. Yes. Why is it that the arguably the only society born in the principles of the Enlightenment and freedom is hell bent on giving it away? Is it, I, I, I am just I have to tell you, I am so aggravated, confused, and I do not have the ability to understand why so many young people born with freedoms and opportunities and the recognition of their individuality are in such a hurry to give it away when we know since the dawn of man, there is no collectivist society of success. There is none. I am just, you've been among this. You studied this your whole life. Is it the sales pitch of lies versus the reality that history provides us? Why can't we show this to our youth in this country? What is the disconnect? Well, the Enlightenment itself offers the view that people can be perfected, and that has a mischievous side to it. As we seek to get better, it's very easy for immature minds to take up the idea we can not just be better, we can be perfect. And in that pursuit of perfection, nothing dazzles people more than the, uh, the concepts of Marxism and the notion of a utopian future where all human ills are banished. Um, it's a, a, an illusion that is particularly alluring to young people who, as they awaken to the fact that the world is imperfect, that it's full of suffering and injustice, think that there must just be some magic switch that can be turned. If only we can get rid of capitalism, or if only we can get rid of uh, the messiness of a self-governing republic and have a pure, idealistic leader who will just set everything right, things will be perfect. Now, of course, if you engage in deep conversation or try to with such people, they become impervious to counter-information. They, they can't really think their way out of it. And I think that comes partly out of basic human immaturity, but also out of the indoctrination that we've allowed to take place in our schools for the past 50 years or so. I'm confident that there are still enough of us that want the American principles that the country was built on. Are you? Well, it depends on the day. I see <laughs> a lot of bad stuff coming along. I try to remain confident. I think our country has proven time and again that when things get really dark, people will look back to basic principles and rediscover them. Um, and speaking of things getting really dark, we seem to be, uh, I would say, by most definitions, there right now. So one thing I look around the country and I see parents flooding into school board meetings and becoming uh, activated against the, the nonsense that's taking place. That hasn't happened. I've been in 
movement for school reform for many, many years, and this seems to me to be breathtakingly new. The public is actually rising up at this point and saying, enough of this nonsense. We want real education to take place in our schools, not this phony indoctrination. So I am a huge proponent for homeschooling. Your book is an essential part of it. It's the 16, it's 1620, a critical response to the 1619 project. Peter W. Wood, this can be found in numerous venues. Now, I have a copy of this book, Professor, and I'm about to forge your signature. Are you comfortable with my favorite radio view, interview ever? <laughs> of course I am. All right, very good. Professor, I want to thank you so much for joining me, and I'm probably going to ask you back as, as I go through the book, because I think it's crucially important that we do put up a fight and we do remain optimistic. And I think your book is going to be a part of many homeschoolers recommended and uh, required reading. So I want to thank you very much on behalf of people trying to fight for the country for writing the book. Thank you very much, Professor. I truly appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. We'll be back with your calls and comments. 312-642-5600 after this. Now, I went uh, long with Professor Wood because, number one, it's my show. I'll do what the hell I want. No, uh, it's important that we understand that due to this misguided philosophy that is sold in a book written by a racist, built on lies, it was a reason for it. And it wasn't just to make millions of dollars and create uh, an entire industry that didn't exist for race pimps and race hustlers. That's just the reality of it. It's that it was meant to divide the American people because the idea that we are simply subject to our own individuality and the choices we make is too much for people to bear. There is always going to be a call to be a victim of something. It makes you feel good about the realities and the shortcomings we all have. Me, you, all of us have it. The American, the beauty of Americanism and the, and the American philosophy is that you don't start out that way. You have the opportunity and the equality based in the principle of the nation. Too many people failed under that system. They didn't like it. They couldn't wrap their head around, why does this guy get here with nothing and all of a sudden, in a few short years, is a multimillionaire and have this beautiful life. I have to be a victim of something. So you had this swindler, this hustler come out and indict everybody. You're indicted. You, you naturally have this predisposition to be racist. Not only that, the system of American principle, it's racist too. And there were enough people that felt terrible about their circumstance to believe it, and you've now destroyed the continuity of American principles that ironically has taken minorities from all over and made them millionaires and rich and capable, and they're to be ignored. Their success is to be ignored. They're just an exception to the rule. The rule is this damn country did it to you. That's easy to sell to the people who want to be victims, to losers. It's easy to sell, and it's winning. We have to get it back through the facts of what America is. They're wrong. 1619 Project is a lie. And it's time we correct it. 312 642 5600. I promise I'll take your calls when I get back. I notice when I come home in the evening, she got nothing nice to say to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may have underestimated you, kid. 
All right, now we're going to go to the phone lines. I, I like this show. It's a totally different show. I haven't been the same since they made me listen to that moron they're calling president in diapers yesterday. It's been aggravating ever since because it's not about the one subject. It's about exactly what's happening, the overall picture of this country. This is all avoidable. We have to get it back. We get it back through the way it was implemented, going to the principles of Americanism. It's over with. When you can pass $5 trillion without a Republican putting up a fight against it, and when we have to rely on collectivists, socialists pretending to be Democrats, when people can't figure out this isn't an accident, what you see in the Middle East and Afghanistan, what you see here at home, it's not an accident. It's the plan that's working, the plan of the American Marxist, the American socialist, the collectivist, the one who understands all we have to do to seize control of the nation, of business, of capitalism, is tell people we're going to help them, we're going to save them, we're going to make it better. And by the way, you need us to decide if you can go outside. You need us to decide if your kid has to wear a mask or not, or put a vaccine in your arm, all of it. It's, it's, you're losing it, massive numbers. So schools, how do you get it back? You get it back with schools. There's no question about it. Because it's a, what, two generations Gave the entire progress and American principles away. Two generations. That's it. The baby boomers, they're moron kids. Now, when I say baby boomers, boomers, I don't mean all of them. I mean the the scumbags that 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 became socialists that are represented in this eighty-year-old moron we pretend is the president and his kids. His kids are the ones who taught their kids how to be collectivists. And we've given up the idea that schools and parents are parents anymore. I had the story yesterday about uh, Pritzker, what he signed in the law. You're going to teach kids in second grade, sex ed, teach them in third grade, condoms. You're going to teach them about all various kinds of depravity, calling boys, girls, girls, boys, and the rest of it. It's, it's just a preposterous circumstance. And people underestimate his power, right? I did. Sent my kids to private schools. Didn't realize the private school has the same agenda. So now private schools are going to fight back, right? Because the parents demand it. Private schools during COVID had a major boom. Most of them were going out of business. All of a sudden, people of conscience said, wait a minute. What the hell are you teaching my kid? What the hell is this 16, 19 critical? What what is going on? So they take their kids, they put them in the private school. Pritzker decides to grab power. They say, no, 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 private school. He says, I don't care. I'm the governor, which in Illinois, in a mafia-run state, means I'm king. Three private schools in the Chicago suburbs that lost state recognition because they refused to follow the governor's mask mandate. Well, well, what's state recognition? It means you're not a school anymore. It means what you do, what you pretend to do, it doesn't matter. State doesn't recognize it. How many people knew they could do that? It's a private school, Catholic school, whatever it is. Since then, just one of them has agreed to follow that policy. Governor Pritzker was asked whether he would deny students diplomas if their schools defy the order. Am I really going to do that? Yes, we are really going to do that. And by you fat, demigod, tyrannical fraud. You're going to tell my kid I didn't graduate? Oh, yeah, you can't give a diploma. Really? Now you take your kid out of the whole system. By the way, many school districts are heeding our call to have mask mandates in their schools. And- because you extorted them, fatso. Not because they agree with you. But this is the power we allowed these politicians to have. See, in the real world, this, this useless punchline of a man, this excuse of a, of, a, of a 
politician, this lowlife, would be laughed at in the real world. But because the psychologically corrupted who wanted more welfare put this fraud in, who, by the way, the family has been screwing the Democrats for eternity. All the bank loans in the ghetto, all the scum nonsense they want, that's his bank. All the tax avoidance, that's that group. And here are the step-and-fetch Democrats. Is he a Democrat? Will he give me more cheese? I'll vote for him. So they're reversing their position. The two schools that still don't require masks are Lutheran schools in Naperville and Itasca. Well, may they hold out forever. The sad news is if your kid goes to him, he's not going to get a diploma. Homeschool is the only answer. Michael on the south side. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. You there? All right. I'm here. Can you hear me all right? Is this who is this? Is it Michael or Joe? It's Joe. Hey, Joe. <laughs> How are you, kid? Hey, you answered it in the name Michael. You're pretty friendly. All right, go ahead. Yeah, well, my brother's Michael and uh, the Archangel, the first yeah. uh, born. Oh, wonderful. Okay. All right, go ahead. Anyways, uh, uh, I'm going to push back a little bit against you, Sean, and I love you. Oh, that's all right. Um, uh, you know, it was the former and current. Uh, Union people that got off their bar stools and went out and voted for Trump that uh-huh. made the difference in the last election, in not, s- not, not when Biden got put in. But here's know. the thing, Joe. You've got to remember, when I talk about unions, I'm not condemning the union members. I'm condemning that's, the union hierarchy, the concept it of it themselves. So, I listen, I have uh, union yeah. members. And I, I grew up around union members. I don't blame the members. I blame the corrupt labor extortion mafia that the union hierarchy are. I I blame that fat slob Trumpka, who, by the way, I think J.B. Pritzker worked out with. I blame him for taking their dues, 90% of it, and enriching the Democrat mafia members, fixing the economic system. See, there's a reason unions only really thrive in government, because it's a rigged system. I don't mind it in the in the in the private sector as long as it's exposed to comp- uh, to competition, as long as it's exposed to market activities. I don't mind it. So I never condemn the members, only the concept of this communist utopia unions uh, in municipal areas destroy the life and the future and the prosperity of the citizens. Ironically, where they're the heaviest. Michael on the south side. This time I got you. Hey, Sean. How's it going? Very good, Michael. Great. I, I'm African-American man, lived on the South Side all my life. Tons of books of black history at home. But I got to ask, would the, um, the late, would the history of the labor movement help to debunk critical race theory? I mean, I can't help but think of all the white people in this country who have had to, uh, you know, struggle against, you know, for example, management for basic rights, you know, your auto workers. Michael, uh, you know, my question to you is, don't you debunk critical race theory? You yourself. You do it. I, I mean, I, I know I do it. I think you do it. I think, I think the quality of life among minorities in this country for the last hundred years does it. The ability to have well, that quality. Now, the individual choices are what critical race theory seizes upon. It, 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 it ironically, it rallies to the people who have made bad choices in their own life and gives them a victim to blame 
or a, I, I, it, it allows them to be a victim by blaming a perpetrator. It gives them it gives them the system, which ironically I don't understand why people don't say, well, isn't that an insult to everybody of every minor every minority that has managed to build a wonderful life for themselves? Aren't you insulting them? I mean, this country is where we have the bulk of minority multi-multi-millionaires and people have gone on for hundreds of years to have beautiful families and law-abiding, honest people. I think any any system that would condemn them is the system of flaw. But I don't know why there aren't more minorities saying, I, I'm not a victim of racism. I've built a beautiful life and existence for myself and my family. Well, there, there are. I mean, there are plenty out there, but they're afraid of being called Uncle Tom's. Isn't that a sin? You know, when this first happened, I remember when I would start to talk about it, I, people would call me or would assume they don't know me, but they're willing to indict me because I'm white. But they don't know who I love. They don't know who my friends are. They don't know what my ideology is. But I think it's the, I think it's a shame that people have to be afraid. Luckily, I've never given a rip what anybody thinks. See, because I'm my harshest critic. But, you know, it's funny when you reflect on I don't know how old you are, but when we were kids, there was a, a movement that used to tell kids, don't don't you don't judge. Don't use your judgment unless you would be judged. And I used to say to myself, well, I am judging myself. When I go home at night, I want to make sure I did the right thing when I could. I was a decent person. I think we've been telling kids the exact wrong thing for the last hundred years. Judge. Judge yourself harshest of all. So to think that a system built on the equality of opportunity and the outcome should never be equalized by politicians of the of all people but the the idea that we we can't say well we had the same opportunity the choices we made is what determined the outcome that's how you know the american people are easy to be lied to because they believe that if you turn that that over to government that somehow government the most corrupt organization on the planet and the only one that could still thrive is going to somehow make choices based in equality leads you to believe the future of this country is bleak Right? I'm a little nervous. Don't worry. We got each other, brother. And don't worry. And I mean that. Yeah. We got each other. There's a bunch of people that are not going to give up on the idea of Americanism. And we're going to, this is going to be ugly. And the economy is going to stink. And people are going to learn what a real recession and depression look like. But in the end, I still think we win. We'll just be old men. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm going to age gracefully. I don't know about you. 312 642 5600. I'll take your calls and comments when I get back. All right, I haven't played any clips or anything. Misty Callahan works with little digits to the bone. i got to start playing these clips, but I love this conversation. To me, this is what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a conversation, and that's how you come together, and you come with a conclusion to stay positive and to fix things. I think I know the answer. It's very simple. Start with our kids. Teach them. They're not entitled to anything but freedom. Do you imagine if Americans thought that? We're not entitled to anything but freedom. Because I've got a bunch of Marxists here that understand the way to corrupt a society is to bribe it. Every, every plan, every, every policy, everything is about bribing one section of our society while demonizing the other. Ironically, the one that they're demonizing is what affords them that ability. So the way that I think we need to do it is have the capitalists go on strike. You're going to make this tax system? Okay, we're going to tax this, this, and this. All right, now we're just not going to produce bring the country to its knees, but will we have the opportunity when you know as long as they shut down the economy, they can continue to print us into devastation. It's an economic sabotage. The plan by the Democrats is economic sabotage. It's to sabotage Americans 
superpower status and superiority and to destroy it. So now what do we do? That's why I'm glad when I see uh, Marianne. What do you want? What's, what's the 1776 hi. Yeah, hi. project? Yeah, uh, the 1776 project. Maybe you already know about it. Uh, President Trump had launched it. It was on his, the White House website for a long time. Uh, obviously, it's not there now, but you can get it through Hillsdale College. And it also, Sean, has a lot of curriculum suggestions. And it was developed as an antidote to the uh, 1619 Project. And thank you for interviewing the author of 1620. I've also read it. Great book. Great oh, book. wonderful. Well, listen, yeah. I want to thank you so much for calling. I keep going long, and we go butt up against the commercial. So if you're on the line, stay there. I'm going to take you the next hour. You'll be the guest. We're going to continue this conversation. We're going to make sure we don't step in the potholes that created politicians like Adam Kinzinger and the Tea Party. Because that didn't help us. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. All right, all right, all right. So what I'm going to do... Let's play some clips and take your calls. There was a caller on the line who I wanted to take first. He couldn't hang on. I believe his name was Bill. And Bill wanted to ask me about how I feel now that my kids are. I'm sending them to college and I'm paying for it on a whole nine years. So here's the, the, the beauty of making wrong decisions politically. You have the opportunity to learn from that experience. And I've always said that the beauty of having kids is to teach them not to be part of the herd, even though that's a very hard road to take, especially when the last 40 years has been grooming children to be followers, to be part of the herd. You've had a massive opportunity, ironically, in the last year, as the government, state, local officials have done exactly the wrong thing. There's been a massive opportunity to show kids why they need to not conform. Because they live through the failures and the foibles of politicians. That's the beauty of Illinois. I've used my experience here raising kids in Illinois to teach them why they should never collaborate or collude with mafia Democrats. This is why. Look at the destruction of our home values. I taught my kids how to inflationally adjust money. I showed them what it's like to live under a slob governor who would have the audacity to seize power of schools. You specifically tried to avoid the government schools. Now you go to the private school and look at how you have to live because of both the weak Catholic diocese and the abusive political tyrant Marxist mafia Democrat. So that's how you do it. You show them... How, the, how society used to be, how opportunity used to be, what value in capitalism used to provide. You show them the futility in colluding with Democrat policies. So I have successfully, proudly raised anti-Democrats. And I didn't raise Republicans either. 
but they're independent thinkers. Now they don't agree with me, and that's the beauty of to me. That's the beauty of of life. I like the non-agreement. I like the push and pull of the intellectual philosophy, which is what we discuss always on this show. The politics of things. Everything is politics. These people who want to pretend that there's some way to put politics on the side and not discuss it, they're doing it alone because everything is politics. You can't go to sports. Now it's politics. Life itself is politics. School is politics. And now truth, unfortunately, has become political as we cannot decide on a factual bipartisan truth. That's what you see. So you have the opportunity to teach your kids how to never let this happen or never to go along with it and to be independent thinkers to answer Bill's original comment. Now, Dave in Wheaton. Hi, Dave. Hey, Sean. How are you? I was um, commenting, going to comment on something that... Uh, I think, Dave, are you are you from the future? Because I'm dying to hear. Here's what we're going to do. Hang up and call back. I promise I'm going to put you right on, but we have a terrible connection. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's not I'm your sorry. fault. It's uh, the NSA. I think they're blocking us. In the meantime, we have Greg and LaGrange. Hi, Greg. Hey, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Sean? Good, buddy. Isn't it ironic that the two schools that are fighting Pritzker are non are breakaway uh, Christians, <laughs> uh, breakaways <laughs> from Catholic Church? Lutheran's not Catholic. I, 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 I yeah. was enjoying that irony, and I was reflecting on what it was like. You know, I sent them. Um, I sent my kids to, to Catholic schools, and I was just just the agenda that I watched creep into the now what I believe is a fully socialist platform. So yeah, it is do you, ironic. Yeah, do you do you believe? Uh, where's your diploma from high school? I know I don't know where mine is, so I really don't care about it. It's in a if box somewhere with a bunch of ribbons because you wouldn't know it because I'm not that tall. But I was a phenom. No, go ahead. It, you know, if these schools. Join together, they can they can uh, put a considerable amount of pressure on Pritzker. Who what parents have to realize is the short term damage looks bad, but the long term damage is going to be far worse. Who cares about a diploma? Who cares about IHS, IHSA revenues playing fall sports? What's at what's at what's at risk here is your liberty and your kids' liberty and your kids' future. So by backing down, you get nothing. You know, you only get the guarantee of more. It's it's funny though, Greg. Control. It's funny though because I think to a certain extent what what has happened during this last eighteen months of what we've been dealing with is that people unfortunately have lost the the idea to think on their own and now are clinging to safety nets provided or safety. Uh, what's the proper word? Little um, little little things to hang on to, little life preservers or safety preservers that government has told them. And now you're seeing a clamor for by citizens to go to those things, even though they know they don't work, the things such as masks or vaccinations. And I say that vaccinations specifically because of the, the Israeli situation. Hang on, and I'm going to keep you on hold, Greg, but I want you to hear this clip. It thought it had vaccinated its way out of the pandemic, but now Israel is in the midst of its fourth wave, with the number of daily new infections steadily rising to more than 6,000 now, a six-month high. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's over 90% vaccinated, right? So instead of people, people thinking, well, wait a minute, the masks... Obviously, we know through science that the virus itself can be caught in various ways. 
it's through your eyes and it's through all these things. And number one, the mask is designed not to keep this, not to catch this virus, although it may be some help. We don't even know what it is. We can't quantify it. Yet here we are demanding that we do two and three and we're going to reinstate it arbitrarily. And by the way, you can do it Monday, but the day we decide that those five days don't matter, seven days. And now we know that the vaccine isn't really a vaccine as we have breakout cases. We have spikes in Israel among 25% of the people who have died in the last four months have been fully vaccinated. So so rather than come to a a realization of, hey, we still got this problem or we got to figure it out, they'd rather go to those safety posts and grab onto them and say, no, 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 this will work, this will work in the face of actual truth. So we can't even come to an agreement on truth and reality. So it's going to be a real hard, hard future. And if I think more institutions buckle, more people will follow government into the Soviet Union. That's what I think. Agreed. But Agreed. some of those kids and some of those people will have this conversation and say, well, obviously you're lying. Obviously, it doesn't work. You've been wrong every step of the way. So, you know, it's going to be like society throughout the dawn of time. Only 20%, 33% actually make it go around. The rest are just barnacles or leeches or cockroaches. And you'll be able, as long as you will, uh, make them feel like victims, you'll have the American Democrat Party. So here, what the answer? You want to know what I think is going to happen, Greg? We were having this conversation today. I think states will economically secede from America. States. I have no illusions about some new current civil war. Or, oh, we'll win. It's, it's all poppycock. But I do see 20 states, I believe it's 20, six in particular, are really pushing hard against the Biden administration, the American Democrat Party. I think the answer will be we're going to come to a realization, me, you, Dave and Wheaton, Bill, and the rest of the listeners. All right, I got to go to where the, my politicians are, are trying to represent me. And I think, ironically, that's the answer. If you flood these states with people who believe like us, now we can put up a fight. But Pritzker just showed you today, nothing is beyond my control. I make the rules. And that's a problem. So thanks for the call, brother. I appreciate it. You know that. Thank you. All right. Now, Dave and Wheaton. Yeah, the spaceship landed. Sorry about that. No problem. I'm um, convinced it was the NSA. Go ahead. Okay. Um, there's the, the Bible verse that people say, don't judge, you know, unless you be judged and that kind of thing. I heard a theologian discussing this, and he said there's two words have multiple meanings, and one of them in the Bible is to judge. One of them means to condemn to hell, the other is to assess. Thou shalt not condemn to hell is what people confuse with assessing. Um, a psychologist will tell you that which is observed tends to improve. That's why you have a bathroom scale. Yeah. We assess every day when we're driving, when you take a step, when you walk across the street. Judgment and judging is not anti-Christian or anti-ethical or unbiblical. Condemning people to hell is. So I wish Christians, especially the Protestants and Catholics out there who are listening, would get that straight. And yeah, because because what you've just said has has been misused and mischaracterized for the last oh. thousand years. But it, the reality it, is, if you don't get people to, to, to be proud of their judgment and recognizing oh. recognizing that they are, in fact, to use it every minute of every day, Yes. Then you're never going to fix society. Then you're going to get a bunch of followers. And that's the one thing I've always tried to give to to not just my kids, but that's one thing everybody who knows me knows. I judge every yeah. single thing every single minute because Absolutely. it's only through that that I feel comfortable with myself. Otherwise, you're, you're, what's the point of not being a cockroach? And that explains every ghetto and every every Democrat. 
Mm-hmm. See what I just did there? Condemn an entire party. But it's all right. I'm getting more and more comfortable with it, Dave, as uh, they prove themselves to be the American communists. Thank you so much, Dave. You know, I appreciate the call, and I appreciate the conversation. And that, to me, is what's important, because only through these conversations we can fix the trajectory of America. And one of the conversations I want to have, and I know I'm going long, there is a way to fight back, and that is to use the law as intended. America's laws are to be our shield, not the spear. Now, I understand I'm coming to you ironically on a day when laws are being used against us in the form of various infrastructure reconciliation and other nonsense utopian socialist dreams as spears against us. But here's some good news. In the hub of Democrat mafia rule, Illinois, there is a bright light. Now, NBC5 responds at the latest on evictions across the country. Landlords from across Illinois are headed to court in a heated battle against the CDC's latest order to keep evictions from moving forward. Those property owners say the latest ban is unlawful, and soon all eyes could be on Illinois as the court fight starts to heat up. The story now from Lisa Parker. This is a topic guaranteed to bring a mix of emotions. For tenants behind on rent, the moratorium bought them much-needed time to seek federal financial assistance. But for landlords, more than a year in without any payments, the situation grows more dire by the day. Now, see, this is the crucial part of the difference in America that nobody talks about. This is a country where supposedly the citizen has the property rights that come along with their life. This is your property. It's not the CDC. It's not the government's. The government does not have the authority to say you are not entitled to an agreement you made with someone renting your property. This seems basic. It's huge. Huge. And if this is one, this now will be the template to get our life back, our American principles back. If not, then just prepare to have your life nationalized. That's how big this case is. We'll discuss when we get back. 312-642-5600. Naively, I was confident that American liberty, principles, capitalism would last, would thrive. I thought that the bulk of Americans would reject socialism. I actually had the ridiculousness the concept to think that socialism was unconstitutional in this country. I really did. I couldn't believe that somehow in a country built on the Enlightenment, all of the things we talk about, all of our common denominator principles, somehow you would allow legally in America socialism to take hold because it is unconstitutional. I am not mortgaged to somebody else. They are not mortgaged to me. My strengths and weaknesses are not to be used against me in the same fashion that theirs are not to be used against me. Simple. Life is scary in America. You have the freedom to fall on your face. You were supposed to. Failure is something that all of us go through, only some of us rebound from. And that's kind of the beauty of of American life. The success stories, the failed stories. How many of us know somebody who fell down four or five bankrupt different times and all of a sudden at the end somehow through different fortitudes and abilities managed to make it. And some don't. My mother was a renter all of her life. I rented for a large part of my life. I know what it's like to be a renter. I admired landlords, and I figured I'd work hard to be one. Because to me, 
you could do it with good conscience. I was one. I am one. I don't take advantage of people, and I negotiate with them, and sometimes I know what it's like to be short on rent. I understand that. I was that. But that's between me and my tenant. And my property is reflective of that. I manage it well. I take care of it. It's a monument. People want to get in it. I negotiate a charge. Sometimes I don't collect rents for months. I also was a property manager. I didn't collect rents for months. The land, the, the owner, my friend, was sympathetic to that. We dealt with people through this COVID. We were never unfair. We had good tenants because they knew we cared like that. And we had a relationship. The government does not have a place there. I chose and I choose to never take government money. So I will never rent to somebody who's subsidized by the government. I won't do it because I've learned what happens to my property. I've seen what happens to their property. When someone doesn't pay for something, they don't respect it. They destroy it. I'm not going to pretend that somehow it's an option of value. It's not. But I get to make that decision in America. Or do I? The government has said during the time of COVID, I don't. A bureaucracy filled of bureaucrats and political whores and doctors have decided that, no, 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 landlords and tenants, that that falls under us. And we've decided you'll take the government cheese and you cannot evict even if you don't want. Well, who in the hell are they? Now, I understand in the Soviet Union, they, government is everything. They make all the rules, CDC, just a, an arm of a totalitarian system. But here in America, it's about fracking time that landlords came together and at least are trying to stop it. The judgment, what happens here, this affects American future. For small mom and pop uh, property managers, they're not able to um, make it. They're getting squeezed. Uh, because even though the rent might stop coming in, all the expenses associated with the property, they still got to pay. Now, I want you to just think about something. I, I, I say the word Keynesian soiree, and maybe people don't understand what that means. The American government is trying to mimic an economy. They're trying to fraud an economy. The American government is trying to pull a fast one on the American people. They're trying to tell you, look, we're going to subsidize the, the tenants. We've got this new rent system. We're going to print up debt. We're going to give it to tenants who can give it to landlords. And then the landlords can pay their bills, including taxes. So you're printing up debt to pay taxes, and you're pretending to stabilize the economy. And this is the Joe Biden American Marxist Democrat mafia plan for an economy. And it's more than just the rent. It's salaries. It's improvements. It's new projects. Do you see the snake eat its tail? It doesn't work. This system only works if the private economy funds the government. That's why it's crucially important to pay attention here. You can't fake it unless you print it and destroy the kid in the other room who's just getting started in life. This kid is never going to be able to make more than X amount of dollars that some bureaucrat decides before the government takes bigger chunks and bigger chunks. And then when all else fails, you think you can work out of it. How? Well, the American way, the only benefit to be an American, I'll buy property. I'll build a portfolio. We'll rent it out. It'll be great. The minute this kid gets started, gets a tenant in there, 
COVID happens. The tenant says, I don't have to pay the rent. The government social security office called me, said, don't pay the rent. They got a program. He says, I don't want the program. I don't want to take it. Too bad. Now you can't evict me either. That's when you go to court in a system, in a country where the law is my shield and not their spear. The Liberty Justice Center represents Illinois landlords frustrated by the year-long moratoriums and newly irate after the recent stop order from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, essentially extending a ban on evictions through October 3rd due to rising COVID-19 case numbers nationwide. The CDC called the ban an effective public health measure, but Liberty's clients argue the agency does not have a firm foundation, legally speaking. What the Biden administration is doing here Uh, is illegal. It exceeds the authority that Congress has given them. The lawsuit filed in the Northern District of Illinois cites a Supreme Court ruling earlier this year in which Justice Brett Kavanaugh said any future moratoriums on evictions requires approval from Congress, something the Biden administration did not have. And it's something they knowingly violated. And yet it's another reason why this dimwit in diapers should be yanked by the back of his neck and dragged out of that office. Let's get Nooner Harrison, the best state in Washington. Let's get her in there. Because if we don't stand for something, we will bow for everything. 312-642-5600. You know what's funny? All these people that are struggling to keep their property. Guys who've cared for property for 30 years. Have not gotten rent, can't evict for the last year and a half. Now you've struggled, you've gone without income, you die after the Biden bill passes. He now taxes your estate at the price you bought it from 30 years ago, by the way, in Biden's new tax plan, without inflationally adjusting the money. So you're paying from that baseline. 40% of the profits and everything's considered profit after you buy it without taking into account any of the government-mandated losses you've taken. It's truly a destructive policy strategically meant to destroy any assets of capitalists like Rusty. Rusty, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Sean? I'm aggravated, but how are you? I'm, I'm all right. I'm going to make it. So what do you got? So uh, what you said earlier about... Um, Subsidized housing and uh, and tenants. I got I got to correct you on something. I got a couple of apartment buildings and I rent out to uh, CHA tenants. And I got to say, they're some of my best tenants that I have. They're fantastic. Wonderful. Whereas you were saying that they destroy the properties. The ones that I've experienced have. I said my experience. My experience has been very negative. Okay, I got you. I, I thought you were generalizing there. Is all. No, I, listen. There are some people that need assistance. Do I think it should be a generational lifestyle? The answer is no. And in my experience, I've managed 18 buildings. I've owned several. It has been terrible when I deal with. But I and and here's the other thing. I haven't dealt with it that often because of my experiences. I avoided the instant, the whole circumstance. Now, you know, I'm not I'm not. Listen, I think there are probably from time to time good people that unfortunately are in bad situations, especially when you take a look at covid. These are people that would have never turned to government sustenance and had to because of government abuse which is why if you ever listen to me rusty on a normal basis i will always knock trump for bending knee and listening to the the incompetent advice he was given to federally shut down 
the economy. I think it's a huge mistake. I think part of it, too, is that you have to find good people and you yourself have to be a good person, like you said you are, and you have that mutual respect for each other. You don't have a tenant that just goes and says, I'm not going to pay rent this month just because I don't have to. And I'll tell you this. This could be incentivized, Rusty. You know what the, the, the real answer should be for landlords who have people who need help? Give the landlord a dollar-for-dollar tax credit for not charging rent. That's the answer, Rusty. Right there. I I love it because I just got my 2020 taxes that came out. One property, they're going up by 25%. The other one, they're going up by 40%. It's insane. It's insane. But think about if they said to you, Rusty, look, here's what we're going to do. You've got a six flat. Families you don't want to charge rent to, we're going to give you a dollar-for-dollar tax abatement. You pick it. Think about how much better it would be. And now you'd say, well, my property taxes are $25,000. I'll give 25000 a year worth of free rent just so I don't have to pay you the property taxes. The people win, you win, but the government, the government doesn't win. And that's why they never want to incentivize the provider. It would be better, by the way. That's the answer for everything, health care and the rest of it. Incentivize. I love it. Uh, yeah, see, we could figure this out a lot better than Joe Biden, the political whore. Thanks for listening, Rusty. I appreciate it. Jim in Rogers Park. Hey, Sean, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I, I got a chance to buy a two flat. I won't do it now with this climate. And the other thing, you know, they got these people, they're not paying the rent. God bless them. It's on the landlord. Guess what? This thing ends in October. You can't kick people out during the wintertime. No, you're exactly right, but only a landlord would know that. There's a moratorium in the state of Illinois anyway from, what is it? I think it's October 30th through March. Yeah, something like, you know, I want to be a land baron like you, but you know, <laughs> I'm the buddy. No, no, no. I manage way more property. Here's the other thing. I got, I got <laughs> one, got one little thing left, but here's the, here's the other thing. I advised my, my customers, my friends, cause that's all I do. I advise them for the last seven years. I think if you buy anything in this state, you are signing on to the bankruptcy that this state is comfortable perpetrating on its people. And I've given that oh. advice. And, you know, even my friends that didn't listen to me, at least respect me for giving them the right advice. And, by the way, that advice cost me a ton of money. That's yeah, why. You know, never you know, take advice from somebody who doesn't care about you. They care about their commission. I don't, I don't want to go on a learning curve at 60 years old either, you know. Exactly. Who can rebuild? Living under Wilson Avenue Bridge. And do you want to know what what else is funny, Jim? They don't want to solve the problem. This no, problem this problem was perpetrated by the Republicans in 08. It all started with the idea that people were victims by signing mortgages. And when you sold that to the American people, in my opinion, it was the destruction of property ownership in this country, in particular in Democrat-run states. Do you ever think you'd live through a time when people thought, I wanted that money, I asked for it. And somehow I was robbed, and the government says it's okay for me to walk away from it. So you just told, what, billions and billions of dollars worth of of borrowers, just walk away from your loan. It's okay. You were a victim. And you didn't think that would trickle down to where people were able to live and say, I don't have to pay rent. It's my right not to pay rent. I mean, it's 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 the psychological corruption of the society. And what do you think these renters are going to do when they got to pay twelve grand to the landlord? They're just going to leave. Of course they are. Then they're going to go find another dope. To, yeah. to, to run from. And if you don't do a credit check, you're going to screw yourself. Do you know, in all my years, I had one bad tenant, and she was a lawyer, an Irish lawyer, and the place was in River Forest. And she knew how to work the system to intentionally stay there as long as she could, knowing 
that she would destroy the woman who begrudgingly became a landlord. She didn't want to. She just did. And do you know, it was the one experience where I said, I'll never evict through the courts. Do you know what my answer always was as a, as a, as a property manager and landlord? I paid them to leave. Oh, you can't yeah. pay, you oh, can't yeah. pay your rent. Here's a, here's a thousand dollars. Get out, get out. That's how I did it. You don't have to evict people. Think smarter. Don't use the court system. Court system is not your front. Thank you very much for the call, Jim. I truly appreciate it. All righty. Have a good day. You too. But this is a big case, and we have an opportunity to watch to see if there's even an op- to, to have some optimism. If this case wins, you can be optimistic. And we need to now start using the court for what it was meant to, to protect me and my property rights as an American. That same argument played out in a similar lawsuit filed in D.C. on behalf of landlords in Alabama and Georgia. Last week, the federal judge overseeing that case said while it appeared political gamesmanship was at play, her hands were tied. She refused to block the ban, meaning all eyes could now turn to the Dirksen building in Chicago and the lawsuit headed to U.S. District Court Judge Edmund Chang. Landlords who will argue bans on eviction are not a remedy to fixing tenant payment problems. It's just putting a thumb on one side of the scale and shifting where the economic pain is instead of getting to uh, the underlying problem here. Caught in the crossfire of these legal challenges are the tenants and homeowners, like the scores represented by the Lawyers Committee for Better Housing. I want to be hopeful, but this is definitely a time to be anxious. While the Lawyers Committee points out tenants are currently still protected by a state moratorium in place, hundreds of eviction orders have been filed in Illinois courts. You know what would be interesting? The Pritzkers are huge landowners. They've been buying since the break. I'd like to do a forensic audit of how their tenants pay their rent. be something if they were real landlords to just government cheese, where they've been getting it and they have no problem, and it's been going on in perpetuity. It would explain the position of Pritzker. It would also explain his ignorance, because after all, J.B. Pritzker isn't a capitalist. He's a corporatist trust fund baby. He's not interested in watching people build wealth. He's interested in keeping his, where he takes the opportunity away from you to build yours. So this is a much bigger case than it seems. 312-642-5600. I'll be back after this. From Emmanuel, son. Did you see they're sending that nine-fingered little person over to Japan to be the liaison? I think it's because of the Yakuza is going to recognize him with that finger missing as one of their own. He is a true gangster, like the rest of the Illinois politicians. The only thing that makes me nervous about this case is that it's going before an Illinois judge. You know, like gangster Eddie Burke's wife, Supreme Court Justice. I mean, you got to. That's the only thing. Ultimately, it's a political whore in a robe. Pat, Chicago. Hey, Sean. uh, Two quick questions, actually. I don't know anything about, well, much at all about the (laughs) Illinois Supreme Court. What do you think the chances are of this holding up is? And then secondly, how is Pritzker getting away with the nonsense he's getting away with in regard to taking away state accreditation from schools uh, not applying the mask mandate. Remember yeah, do you, during do you, the do you know how I say the reason that politicians would subscribe to a, to, a, to a philosophy that they know destroys the future and the country is because during that time when they rule, they become gods among men. So the answer to how can he do this, because in Illinois, 
in a subservient Marxist mafia state, Democrats and politicians are gods here. That's how you, we will let that happen in Chicago. You know, because capitalists and people didn't come together the first time they, they figured out that, you know, these aldermen and the mayor and this hiring system and the unions and the banking, it's all kind of like mafia run. Why are we tolerating that? The first time they didn't push back against it and they just decided to be a part of it is when you lose. So how can he do this is because you turn into judges. Pursue that, would it be at a loss even at that? Well, you, you're turning to judges. You're turning to a system in, in Cook County and Chicago and Illinois in general where the vast majority of the judges are Democrats. So they're all political now. So it, it, listen, I, I, I stick to what I first said to you. Phil, philosophically, socialism is unconstitutional. It should not be allowed to even exist in this country. But we've pretended it could exist if we just moderated it. And after all, it was for the social benefit. That's why, you know, early on when I started doing the show, I want to take it apart piece by piece. I want to attack it the way it was implemented. I want to go after Social Security. Unconstitutional. I want to go after Medicare. Unconstitutional. You want to provide a system? I always give the answer. I'm, I'm for charity. I'm for private charity, not government charity. Government charity, is, it's, it's not real. It doesn't exist. It's government tyranny. Passed off as charity. After all, if they wanted to fix things, they would they would go to the suppliers, they would go to the people, and they would incentivize them through 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 tax abatement. Well, go ahead. What were you going to say? I, pre- I appreciate your perspective so much. What do you think the percentage of Illinois uh, winning this case is? The landlords. I wouldn't have shut down my real estate business and moved myself to a different state if I thought that it was if I had optimism in it. I think ultimately okay. it will fall before a Democrat judge. Democrat judge will rule in favor of tyranny. A rule in favor of socialism, and hopefully it'll go. It'll find its way to the Supreme Court. By that time, I'd like to think that the COVID restrictions and the emergency would be over. But what history has shown us is that it won't. So I'm optimistic, but cautiously, because of the same reason I always am. Ultimately, when it falls on man who is a political corruptible figure, nine times out of ten, or seventy percent of the time, they will go with the political corruption. Theoretically, I don't need a judge to tell me it's not constitutional. I know it is. I don't need a judge to tell me what's constitutional. I decide what it is. I get to, I can reason. I can think. I understand the concept. Either it's my property or it's your property. Unfortunately, common sense and logic fills in those. Points. Unfortunately, we've seen too often how government has said, "Yeah, oh, you're right," and yeah, theoretically, it's not constitutional, but we decide it is, and that explains every everything we're arguing against, right? I mean, theoretically, you pick a topic. Theoretically, we're always right when we're basing and using judgment in American principles. Every time, we know the right answer. But would Obamacare be here if it was constitutional? It's not constitutional. I don't care how many judges say, yeah, they could tax. Yeah, they could change the rules. Yeah, they could destroy insurance and the relationship between doctors. It's not constitutional. I don't care how many times Robert says it is. Right? We get to decide. Let's not lose that perspective. I don't have a bunch of fat judges like Elizabeth Kagan, fat judge in a little robe, telling me what constitutional is. I decide. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. And, you know, never forget, don't turn the music up yet. We have to do more than just build back better. We build back, we have to build back better. We have to compete. That's a guy in charge. We have to do more than just build back. That's a guy in charge. I'll be back in 21 hours. She don't believe in shooting stars, but she believes in shoes. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.